Hi there and welcome to the Melody and Drum podcast. I'm Craig and it's Tuesday, which means I'll be reviewing the television that I've watched over the past week. Now I'm looking at this list and it is really quite an extensive one. I'm looking at this and realising I watch much more uh, new television shows than I thought I did. So this one might take a while, but we will get through it. I want to start at the top of my list here. I have two broke girls. And it was uh, the 15th episode of the first season. Uh, it was shown on CBS on the 6th of February. Uh, it was called And the Blind Spot. And the episode focuses on Max and Caroline trying out to be cleaners with uh, Jennifer Coolidge's Sophie Characters Company. And the episode just sees Caroline basically being pretty terrible at being a cleaner. And Sophie wondering aloud to Max if that she's being held back. Things go the way you would expect them to go, to be honest, and two broke girls, Max and Caroline, have a little fight, get make-up by the end. Solid, as most of the season's been, but it's starting to become a bit stale and repetitive. Just having the two main characters is hurting the show's dynamic because there's really only one plot going through. It's a three-star episode. Now, I also watched, just before I did this uh, recording, uh, the 16th episode of the first series, which was on CBS last night, uh, the 13th of February, and it was called And the Broken Hearts. Standard sitcom Valentine's Day episode, neither of the girls have for date. And Errol, the jovial clerk at the, the diner that they work in, has a heart attack um, and ends up in hospital. Pretty formulaic episode, taking a little bit of a twist there because Errol's at the front. Errol's been a great character, he's um, been the best of the sort of supporting characters, they're hardly in it enough to be called that. Han has a good episode for what change, he's pretty funny and pretty pathetic. Oleg, his jokes are the same every week, but he still seems to be funny. And the Broken Hearts, it's three stars again. Two Broke Girls isn't brilliant, but it gives you enough laughs to keep watching. On a show that's now into seventh season, and it's How I Met Your Mother... Now, last week's episode was the 15th of the 7th series. Again, it's a CBS show. It was The Burning Beekeeper. Um, I liked the episode. It was split into three parts. Uh, Marshall and Lee's housewarming party, and you got to see what was happening in the living room, dining room, the kitchen. It all came together at the end when there was a man in a beekeeper suit on fire, which turned out to be Marshall's boss. Pretty good episode, I've got to say. Pretty good episode. Um... Some good jokes, things repeating through the episode because you were seeing them from different sides and you were seeing why people were doing things because they were coming from. So the same five minutes repeated over really worked for the show. That was a four-star episode. This week's episode, The Drunk Train, episode 16 of season 7. Um, it's called Sipson. Oh no, that's not. It's called The Drunk Train. Hang on, ignore me. I'm above, my, I'm above myself on my list there. How Met Your Mother of The Drunk Train? It's a Valentine's Day episode again. Uh, sees Robin being proposed to by Kevin and uh, telling him that she can't have children. That's the main thread of the episode. Marshall and Lily trying not to keep scoring their relationship. Quite a funny flash forward. Episode gets its title as Ted and Barney try to pick up girls on last train out to Long Island. The drunk train full of drunks. Um, and Barney kind of fallen for a stripper but a girl that he didn't know was a stripper, even though she strips at his favourite strip club. It's revealed in quite a funny tag at the end. 
end of the episode let it down for me. Ted's done something very, very, very stupid. Knowing where the show is going to go, it can't go anywhere. Disappointed by that. And that took it down to a three and a half star episode. Still a good episode of How to Make Your Mother. Some very good jokes. Just ruined by that ending. Another show that I had two episodes to review is Two and a Half Men. Uh, it's a CBS show. It's in its ninth season now. Of course, the first season with Ashton Kutcher. And we're going to go with episode 15 from last week, the 6th. And this week, episode 16. Uh, and they are called The Duchess of Dull and Sack and Sip Sonnets and Sodomy. Of course, the name of the episode taken from generally a throwaway line during the episode. Both of these episodes are sort of focusing on Zoe. Uh, Sophie Winkleman, who is uh, Walden Ashton Kutcher's character's girlfriend from England. Uh, last week focused on Ashton gaining her trust. Walden, sorry, I'm calling him Ashton. Gaining her trust uh, to get to meet her daughter. This week saw her fighting with uh, Alan's girlfriend, Lindsay, who, who's been in it for years now, actually. Some pretty funny back and forth. They made up. Walden and Alan get swept away in a flood. And I don't really sh- uh, know if Southern California gets floods like that, but for a story, it worked. Both episodes funny. Um... As I said, Two and a Half Men's never been a brilliant, brilliant show, but it's always given some good laughs. This season hasn't really changed that with the replacement of Charlie Sheen by Ashton Kutcher. So it's not too bad at all. Uh, both episodes are three and a half stars. They're not classics, but they're funny. And I guess that's really all you're looking for in a show like that. So I'm going to move on now to Happy Endings. And this is the Christmas episode, Grinch's Be Crazy. It was shown on ABC on the 7th of December last year. It's the ninth episode of season two. I'm reviewing it now because it was on E4 last week and I've just not caught up yet. And so I've been watching it on the UK pace. It's a good episode. Again, Happy Endings has taken the ensemble format. It's probably the show that's the most like Friends since Friends has finished with out of being an absolute copy. It's its own show. I really like the characters. I thought Max was brilliant in this episode as Santa. Uh, Penny is just more and more adorable as, thing, as time goes on. And I don't know, was that a little bit of a thing between Alex and Dave, or was that a one-time thing? I'm not really sure. I, I've got this crazy opinion in my head that it's going to be Dave and Penny that end up together, and I don't know why that's in my head. Let's say, Grant should be crazy... Bit strange watching a Christmas episode in February, it's got to be said, but enjoyed it. Four stars from that, and that is a show that's been really, really consistent this year. The first season had its patchy moments since they got renewed. They have been on fire. They've done some really, really good stuff. Next up is a Fox show. It was on on the seventh of February last Tuesday night. First season, twelfth episode is the landlord and his new girl. I absolutely love Zoe Deschanel. There's no point in trying to sugarcoat that. I absolutely adore her. She's fantastic. Leading the sitcom is perfect for her. New, uh, the Landlord is brilliant. It's just such a wonderfully weird, weird episode. Uh, Nick has a great story. Some I hope's not pushing uh, the Nick and Jess relationship, which I really don't want to happen. I think they should stay platonic. Um... I'm not sure where Lizzie Kaplan's Julia character was in this. I don't know if they've been shown possibly a little bit out of order for some reason. But I really enjoyed this episode. 
Schmidt. <laughs> Schmidt's my favourite character in it, other than Jess. He had a really funny plot as well. Uh, the Landlord is a four-star episode of New Girl. Well done again to that show, which has had its moments of being a little bit off, but in general, it's been a really, really good watch. Okay, um, another eight. It's an ABC show, 8th of February last week. It's uh, The Middle, and it's Valentine's Day 3. It's unbelievable, 15th episode of season 3 of that show. Not the best I've ever done. Uh, Sue having her first Valentine's Day with a boyfriend was inevitably the, the main focus of the episode. It's pretty funny. You've got to give. I love Sue Heck. She's a great character. One of the uh, one of my favorite characters on television. Possibly only beaten by her dad, Mike, in this show. Um, played by Neil Flynn, who everyone will know as the janitor from Scrubs. He's brilliant in this role. And what happens is uh, Mike and Frankie go out to dinner with their friends on Valentine's Day. And Mike doesn't make her feel particularly loved. Uh, it was a really, really funny, funny episode of The Middle from that perspective. Some of it fell flat. But generally, uh, Mike and Sue, enough to give it three and a half stars. Even when The Middle's not great, it's still, it's still good fun to watch. Alright, we do have another one that I'm going to do two episodes of just now, and that is House of Lies, which is Showtime. It's episode five or six of season one. Uh, episode five was Utah. And Utah was a fine episode, actually. Um, they went to Utah, obviously, to sort of help a Mormon hotel group. Uh, Marty, being black, not particularly liked by the old CEO. Jeannie steps in. Her idea wasn't great, but it got them through. Marty and Jeannie, very, very funny relationship between those two. Something's going to get between them, but there's obviously better respect there. Utah is a four-star episode. It's just the same uh, rating I've given to this week's episode, Our Descent into Los Angeles, uh, episode six, which I actually, despite giving it the same rating, feel was a stronger episode. It dealt in a different way from their usual of them at the weekend, actually at home, in Los Angeles. Uh, the stripper from the first episode shows up. Uh, Marty, uh, with Marty, needs some help. Uh, she's apparently killed an undercover cop. Doesn't sound like her fault, to be honest, in the description, but what can you do? So that's nice. Megan Ikashiki is very good in the role. I am not very good at pronouncing her name, so sorry for that. She's very good in the role, but I think... Uh, what really struck me about this episode was uh, Marty and his son Roscoe. Roscoe's a bit of a transvestite, seems to be bisexual, he's nine years old as well. Incident in school where he allegedly kissed a boy, he claims it was the other way around. Turns out it was the other way around, but no one believed him at first, and a lot of issues there. And it showed the teamwork can for Marty. I like that. Uh, part of the episode because the team rallied around Marty when he needed something done for his personal life. It was nice. Jeannie, great in the episode. She's getting married but she doesn't seem particularly happy about it and her dynamic was good in this episode. We're halfway through the season now and I'm just looking to see more from this storyline because uh, Kristen Bell's playing the part really really well. There's a really easy thing to do is criticise Kristen Bell for not being a good actress. I actually think she's pretty good. And, you know, I enjoyed 
the episode. It was solid. It was smart. I, I do like House of Lies. It's a good show. Um, I think it's the best sitcom that's premiered this year. And I really am enjoying the episodes. They're a bit more edgy than Network as well with it being on cable. So House of Lies, Utah, very good. Four stars. House of Lies, I just sent into Los Angeles. A little bit better, but still four stars. It's starting on Sky Atlantic soon. So um, if you don't procure your television in other ways, I would recommend to get a series linked once it starts up on Sky Atlantic. Uh, going on again, it's actually another show. I have two episodes uh, to review because I fell into a little bit of backlog with some of these things. That's part of the reason I've decided to go to audio reviews rather than written reviews. It's a time constraint thing for myself. And hopefully it's a little bit more interactive as well. Um, but the next one is, is Unsupervised, which is FX's new animated sitcom. It's the third and fourth episodes of the season. Which has started off okay, but not great. But it does look as if it's got potential. Now, the first episode I'm reviewing here is episode 3. It was shown on the 2nd of February. Uh, it's Field of Dreams and Dogs. And it basically involved the boys trying to raise school spirit by joining the baseball team. Now, they're joined as managers, which is a term in sort of American school sports. So means, yeah, you're not good enough to be on the team, but we'll make you feel like you're on the team by giving you sort of a cleaner's role. And that's, uh, that's basically what I've gathered from watching loads and loads of American television. Fields of Dreams and Dogs is a funny episode. It has some good jokes, and it, it's fine. It's three and a half stars. Episode four, though, Fires and Liars, isn't very good. It's very disappointing, actually. The boys accidentally set something on fire. They find out makes the firemen happy because they've got nothing to do after 9-11. They used to be really buffed. They're now fat and all out of shape. So they start setting other stuff on fire and blaming it on homeless people. So, so the firemen have something to do. It's contrived. It's not very funny. It's two stars for Fires and Liars. And unsupervised started off shaky. Second episode was better. Third episode, pretty good. Fourth has gone downhill there. I'm going to give it another couple of weeks, but it really needs to improve for me to watch this on a regular basis. I went back to a show which has been with us a long time, but took in on a new, new stance this year, and it's The Office. And it is the 14th episode of the 8th season on NBC, last Thursday, the 9th of February. It's called Special Project, and probably the best episode they've done all season. Um, sees Dwight being tasked with putting together a team to take down to Florida with them to start a new project. Unfortunately, Andy doesn't want to let the people he wants to go. So they have a bit of a bicker about it for the whole episode. And uh, Dwight ends up with a team he doesn't particularly want. Um, now, Pan's back from maternity leave, and uh, Jim basically told to go to Florida by Robert California uh, when he sends him a text saying, bring your golf clubs when you come. So Jim goes, Dwight's devastated about that, and the team ends up uh, being Dwight, Jim, Stanley, Ryan, and uh, Aaron and Kathy. Kathy was Pam's maternity cover who's still there for some reason. And that's actually mentioned the episode quite funny. Two big things about the episode, you know, it's obviously set up, they're going to go down to Florida, and I think we're going to see a bit of back and forth between the two locations. 
Erin is moving to Florida. She's not coming back, according to herself. Uh, she's devastated that Andy is now with someone else and needs to move on. Really nice bit of character progression for Erin, who I feel at times has become a bit of a joke in the show. Uh, she's become a caricature. She's too stupid for words sometimes. So that's a nice piece of character progression, which I was really, really happy to see. And Kathy, who has been hinted a couple of times, might have a bit of a thing for Jim. Definitely does. She's seen on the phone at the end of the episode, said they're definitely going to get it on while they're in Florida. That's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. I believe it's four or five episodes they're going to be down in Florida with. Catherine Tate's going to be involved, which I'm not thrilled about, but I will, t I will take it as it comes. I'll see how that goes. So that'll be interesting because Jim's always been very, very faithful to Pam. He's loved her since day one. What's going to happen when he's got her basically on a plate? Four stars, the best episode of the season. And I really hope they can continue the form because I like The Office and I've been really, really sad to see the way it's gone this season. So really, really pleased about that. Uh, the Big Bang Theory gave us the vacation solution this week. Uh, 16th episode of season 5, CBS. Oh, wow. Um, it's the best episode they've done in a long time. Uh, Sheldon, forced to take a holiday from work, decides to go work with Amy in the biology lab, pisses her off royally. Uh, that is basically the gist of the episode. Um, that doesn't sound overly funny, but it really, really was. Uh, Amy and Sheldon's plot is fantastic, and if that was the main plot that if that was the only plot, it would have been five stars. However, there is also a silly little plot where Amy, uh, not Amy, Bernadette's dad wants Howard to sign a prenup. Uh, you get some funny jokes out of it, right enough. Um, mainly that Bernadette's dad's a bit of a loose cannon. But, you know, it's not a great piece of plot. And uh, Raj, very sparsely used. Leonard and Penny's plot took a bit of a back seat, which I actually don't have a problem with. I would prefer that goes in a slow burn. Four stars for the Big Bang Theory, the vacation solution. As I said, one of the best I've done in a long time, and the A plot was fantastic. Uh, Modern Family, and to the 14th episode of season three, Me Jealous ABC last Wednesday night. Ah, uh, for what was sort of their Valentine's Day episode, very, very little actual. Uh, topical content, which is unusual for Modern Family. They usually like to push the holiday episodes. Um, it's pretty much an ABC thing by the looks of things. So, three main stories going on there. Um, one is Phil has a new client uh, who's met Claire and everything, and his behaviour seems to be a little bit inappropriate. Kissing Claire on the lips. Also kissing his maiden lips, his kids on the lips and everything. Claire finds it a bit inappropriate, but Phil gets a good deal out of it, so he's happy and completely oblivious to everything. A total classic Phil Dunphy style. I enjoyed that plot. Uh, the other, the B plot was uh, Mitch and Cam staying with Jay and Gloria. Now that got sort of six of the main characters together because Lily's taking a bigger step this year. You know, she's talking now. They aged her up a little bit to do that, but it worked. So that was good. Um, quite funny between Gloria and Cam, who are a great pairing. They bounce off each other well. Some funny moments between them. And the other one was uh, Haley becoming a big sister in the sort of, I suppose it's sort of befriending program. 
that they have in America because she said she was in it on her college applications. Alex gets jealous. They then bond and dress Luke up as a little girl. Giggles, giggles, giggles. Not the greatest episode of Modern Family, I've got to say. It's been a bit patchy this season. I've had really good episodes, and I've had really pretty mediocre ones. This was sadly one of the mediocre ones, but, you know, it's still three and a half stars. Me jealous. Modern Family. It's a good show. Whitney. Much, much maligned, and, you know, sometimes pretty fairly maligned. This is now the 15th episode. It was last Wednesday on NBC. It's called Lance. Um, I actually quite liked it. Uh, Roxanne's ex-husband's back in town. They're back together secretly. Whitney has a hard time dealing with this. Uh, Lily loses her engagement ring. Neil doesn't care because it was a fake anyway. Then she flips out. Funny episode. Mark and Chris... Uh, two of the best characters. I think uh, Chris is the best. And so uh, you know his name's not Chris. That's his real name. I've totally forgotten the character's name. Chris, the alias character, is Alex. Alex and Mark um, are probably my two favourite characters in the whole thing, to be honest. I'm a little bit disappointed Roxanne's back with Lance because her relationship with Mark was getting really, really funny. But maybe they'll revisit that again. Um... Pretty solid episode, actually. One of the best I've done. It's three and a half stars for me. Whitney's not been great. It really hasn't been. And But there's something that keeps me coming back. And it probably has a lot to do with the aforementioned Chris D'Elia, who I think is fantastic in it. Yeah, I'm not too enamoured by the show as a whole, but something keeps dragging me back. One of the best episodes of the season. Uh, we're on to Up All Night. Which has had a really good first season on NBC. Uh, we're up to the 15th episode now, the day after Valentine's Day. Let's move to Thursday nights as well on the comedy block. Sadly, still lacking community, which we have no news on. Uh, the day after Valentine's Day, it was, it was okay. It wasn't great. Chris and Regan having a quiet Valentine's Day. Uh, Ava and Kevin having a massive fight. Missy being freaky, as usual. Not really much to say about the episode. It was more one of their sweet episodes that didn't have a huge amount of comedy, although Ava gave us some good stuff, as she tends to do. Um, Maya Rudolph has been excellent in the show so far, and it's run, especially when you consider it's a rewritten role as well. She wasn't originally meant to be so prominent. So up all night, day after Valentine's Day, three and a half stars. Pretty decent. Could have been better, really. We are moving on to Archer, which is the premier animated comedy on television at the moment for me. Uh, the episode is now being titled Episode 4 of Season 3 after Heart of Archness has been decreed as a sort of mini three-part series. So, drift problem. Archer's given a souped-up spy card for his birthday by his mum. And it just leads to utter chaos. There's no other way to describe it. Car is stolen. Archer goes mental because his mum's going to kill him. We have hijinks as he's trying to find out what's happened to it. Turns out it was Mallory herself who stole it to prove that Archer couldn't keep something nice. So much going on in the episode. It was hard to follow at some points, but it's brilliant. It's laugh out loud. 
really, really funny. It's four stars because it wasn't the best episode, but to be honest, if it was any other show, I'd have probably been rating it higher. I love Archer. Drift Problem was no exception. Fantastic. We then go on to 30 Rock, which is another double, although it was an actual proper double this week. Hey Baby, What's Wrong is being titled 6 and 7 of Season 6 on NBC. Valentine's Day episode, where we have Liz and Chris sort of talking over their relationship when they go to Ikea. Tracy and Frank teaching lots how to pick up women, which is... Absolutely ludicrous and the best part of the episode for me. Jack nearly sleeping with Avery's mum after they find out they're much more in common than they thought. And Pete producing for Jenna on America's Kids Got Singing when she's having to do her first live performance on that show. After weeks of slating the children, she develops the yips. Pete fixes it by shooting her. Couldn't make it up. I have a feeling this may have worked better as a 30 minute episode, there was a lot of padding in it. Three and a half stars because it has some good premises and some really funny moments, but I do believe it would have worked better as a single length episode. So we'll move on to Raising Hope as we reach the final stretch of this, it's Tarot Cards, it's season 2 episode 13 on Fox. Probably the worst episode of the season so far, uh, Virginia and Bert sort of have different a difference of opinions over what's better being a boss or employee. They don't so much swap uh, roles as Bart becomes his own employee when he hires Barney as a manager and then Virginia opens her own tarot reading business. Um, basically, because she saw somebody else doing it and thinks, well, I can scam people out of money. Sabrina and Wyatt have a fight, they break up, Wyatt gets hit by a car, they get back together, and it looks like he's staying in Natesville as well, and not New York. So this might be a little bit of an interesting development. It's going to eventually hit the point that they will break up Sabrina and Wyatt, but Jimmy's going to be too involved, and you know Sabrina's maybe not going to be overly happy with it. I'm not sure where they're going with this story, because Jimmy and Sabrina does look like the endgame. But, you know, they've got to be careful they don't burn the bridges, is all I'm saying. So, tarot cards, three stars. Okay, and we're on to finally now. It's the Fox animated block on a Sunday night. It's American Dad, Wheels and the Legmen, and The Case of Grandpa's Keys, episode 10 of season 7. The Simpsons, The Daughter Also Rises, episode 13 of season 23. And Tom Tucker, The Man in His Dream, which is the 13th episode of the 10th season of Family Guy. Of the three, American Dad is, as usual, the best. Wheels and the Light Man are always entertaining. They get an unwanted junior detective in in the shape of Stan, uh, Papa Wheelie on a little unicycle thing, which is quite funny. They have a case um, about a key that unlocks something. Case gets stolen and Stan gets kidnapped, but he kidnapped himself. And it's actually what I just said sounds dreadful, but it's really funny. Some great jokes, some absolutely stellar, stellar jokes. Uh, there's a silly, silly B plot about Francine and Haley taking pictures of Klaus to get on a cute pets website. 
uh, you know, it's those irreverent B-plots that sometimes make American Dad what it is. It wasn't great B-plot on this occasion, but it was pretty funny. Uh, that's four stars. Unfortunately, The Simpsons was dreadful again. It was a Lisa episode. She fell in love with the boy who liked Ernest Hemingway, played by Michael Cera, who basically played Michael Cera. Um, ah, it's a Lisa episode. I don't like Lisa. I don't like Lisa episodes. I wasn't impressed with it. But I was impressed with Bart's B-plot, where they watch parody of Mythbusters. Now, I think they're a bit late on the bandwagon for Mythbusters, but they debunked every myth in school. School then became really, really boring, so they had to make a new one. <laughs> that I enjoyed. And for that B-plot, it gets two and a half stars. But, um, if you are going to watch it, download it, make an edit, cut all the Lisa stuff out, because it's useless. And uh, Family Guy. Um... I don't really know what to say about this one. It was bizarre. Uh, it saw Peter go to Hollywood with Tom Tucker to become his agent. James Wood is back from the dead. Uh, that he won them once Peter is his agent. Saxon, Tom and Peter fall out, make up. Tom ends up back on local news. That's the plot. And... There's a stupid, stupid B-plot where Chris has a girlfriend that looks exactly like Lois but is an absolutely horrible, horrible person but he stays with her because he thinks he's not going to do any better. Lois then tells him he will and it's, it's rubbish. <laughs> it's rubbish. Two stars for Family Guy this week. I'm sorry to end on downer. It's just the way my notes went uh, this week. So there we go. That is the last week and a bit of television reviewed. We've done it in just about half an hour as well, which I'm quite pleased about, I've got to say. Uh, Melody and Drama Podcast will return, probably not on Thursday because I'm at Shinedown. It will probably be Friday when we do the classic television reviews, uh, where we'll look at a couple of older shows as well. So there we go. Thanks for listening to the television edition of Melody and Drama Podcast, and I'll see you Thursday or probably Friday.